Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast! All right! That's right, it's the Rock and Metal Combat, the best podcast in the world. And I am Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, and here with me as always is... You know it! That's right, it's crack. Not talking about that crack you smoke, I'm talking about the crack in his ass! Hello! And the beer drinking Ian Wadley. Hi, Ian. Hello. How you doing, Ralph? I'm doing great, dude. I don't need alcohol to feel great, but you do. Yes, I do. Ha-ha. And, and lots of it. Yeah. my The way I feel great is oxygen. It's much cheaper. Uh, you know what? It's too bad I ain't Jewish. I can enjoy my happiness more if I was. Oh, wow. That, that is not an anti-Semitic thing, as all my Jewish friends know. You guys love to save money. And nothing wrong with that, right, Ian? That's right. But in, this PC, but in this PC world, I would probably be bashed for saying, how dare you say that Jewish people save money and are smart with, with pinching pennies? Yeah, you, you probably want uh, Santa Claus on your Starbucks cup, too. Well, oh, you know what? Before we get into the news, I am very... I don't even know what the fuck this is about. I see little snippets, but it seems to be something I don't care enough about to actually go and read an article. What's the deal with Starbucks cups? Uh, so, supposedly, what I got out of it, because I'm kind of like you too, I didn't read too much into it, but they used to have, like, Santa Claus and reindeer and shit on, you know, during the holidays on their cups. And, right. na- and now they just have Christmas colors. As to not, like, just make it like a... Christian season, as for like, it, it, like you know, instead of saying Merry Christmas, the Happy Holidays kind of thing. Uh-huh. And, and, uh huh. And Christians are up in roar because, God damn it, you know, you gotta have, you know, I don't know what the fuck Santa Claus has to do with, with uh, Jesus, other than the fact that there would be no Christmas in 2015 if you didn't have a gimmick like Santa Claus. Yes, me. But uh, yeah, people are up in arms over that. You know, it's part of that. You know, you gotta say Merry Christmas. You can't say happy holidays, you know? Well, to, to quote my friend Kevin Warhaf, did you know that Santa is Satan spelled backwards? I, I've heard that. But I'm anyway, not, I'm not a good speller. Uh, this is my, this, well, this is what I have to say about it. These fucking Christians, man. It only takes one or two to make the whole fucking, the whole fucking religion look like idiots, right? It's like, why can't Christian people just chill the fuck out I mean, you don't see Jewish people run out there and start making uh, running amok with the, uh, you know. Well, I guess they do, don't they? <laughs> there are a handful of Jewish people that, oh, that's anti-Semitic and this and that, right? Uh, they're all fucked. You ask me. I mean, if you're over the age of twelve, grow up. That's that's my opinion. That's my well, opinion. But uh, you know, everybody takes this shit so so fucking personal. And uh, all I say is, grow up, man. If you can't take shit like this. How the fuck do you leave the house in the morning? You know? If you can't handle shit like this, if this really fucking, you know, upsets you, Jesus Christ, get a fucking life. How ironic. You just said Jesus Christ. I know, right? 
Well, I, what I got to say about all religions are, are, are good as long as they all behave. Religion is uh, responsible for many, many deaths because of people that don't behave. But, you know, if you live your life as a good Christian, a good Catholic, a good Jewish person, a good Buddhist, or in my religion, a good Sabbathan, uh, you would just mind your own fucking business. And hey, if you look at somebody saying this person doesn't worship Jesus, therefore they're going to burn in hell, keep it to yourself. And by the way, your God says in the Bible to not judge anyone, you ding dung hole. That's right. I have spoken. Ralph, Jesus, Vieira. Salamau, salami, and salami. And Isis Paper Incorporated. Asalaamu Alaikum, my brother. Yeah, that's right, man. All right, so it's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We're finally going to do a Dio review. Ain't it about time we do a Dio? Have we reviewed it? Oh, yeah, we did Rainbow, right? Yeah, we did Rainbow and we did Mob Rules. but we have Mob not- Rules, but we-, we never did a Dio solo album. No, we have not, and the fans have been asking. They've been clamoring for a Dio review. Yeah, it's not. we're not going to be predictable and say do Holly Diver, but I would very much like to review Holly Diver, but I feel if we're going to start with a Dio album, Let's do one that's a little, uh, I don't know, not pop, not popular, but still well known to the Dio fans. There you go. That's our mo, dude. We're out of the box. You know? That's pro- that's probably why we are such a kick-ass band. Oh, I gotta tell you this, Ian. The other day I was on the Metal Sludge message board, which I barely go on anymore. Right. And some guy left a topic saying, "What is the best podcast?" And it got many, many um, comments. And two of the people mentioned us. Nice. And I don't know who these people are. Nice. But one guy wrote, one guy just wrote Rock and Metal Comic Podcast. That's all he wrote. Then the second guy wrote, um, if you want to really laugh, listen to these guys. Nice. So, yeah. And, you know, in a cloud of, you know, I, I, but then, you know, then again, they, they think, like, people mentioned, like, Chris Jericho and shit like that. It's like. I will beat his ass. <laughs> I, know, I can't wait. Uh, we're going to get him on the show, and I, I can't wait for that. I, you know what, man? And I'll tell you this now. Anybody that knows him, I, I'm sure Chris Jericho's enough. I don't know, man. Is, is he cool enough to take jabs? Because he can jab me all I want. I'm overweight. Well, well, I, I'm 50. You I, know, he can jab me because he's in perfect fit. So it'd be cool. Like, come on, let's go head to head. Because I would love to tell him what a bore he is. Okay, it, I would love to do that. He was on uh, the History Science Theater podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. I and know. and, and he, he was great, but he wasn't like he is on his podcast. But he's one, like, as much as I want, like, sponsors and stuff like that, and would love to make a buck off of this, uh, if I have to turn it into what he does, then I don't want it. Exactly. Thank you, Ian. You see, you finally said something intelligent, bro. When it comes to when it comes to this show, because can we can we talk about this? We sh- we should be open to everybody, shouldn't we? Yes. All right. Let's just. I'm not. We're not going to get too much in depth, but Ian is a little disappointed that we're not bigger than what we are, and I try to explain to him that we are bigger than I ever thought we would be, and but Ian wants more. And I don't blame Ian for feeling this way. But for Ian to say what he just said, like, hey, man, if I got to turn into that guy to get more uh, fans, then I'd rather not do it. That is a great attitude, Ian. And with that attitude, 
we're gonna end up beating the fuck out of Chris Jericho eventually. Oh, it's 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 not so much uh, like the fan. I would just I would like a sponsor. I'd, I'd like to get. I'd like to well, get. Well, oh, paid for I got it, good so. news. I do have a sponsor. Oh boy. We got our first sponsor. Oh yes. And if you don't mind, let me read this. Uh, uh, this is what we got to say, okay? Okay. All right. Hey, everybody out there, there's a new album out by a band called Thrash or Die on <laughs> MPGAL Records. It's very well received by the community of metalheads, and you can get your copy now at www.miamimetalmerchant.com. And now, for you people that do not like CDs, or vinyl or any of that crap because it's going to come out on vinyl. We are now on iTunes. Yes, well, not we. Uh, our sponsor, Thrasher Die, is on iTunes now. Uh, you can download the new album, Melting Your Skull, on iTunes. Also, you can download it on Amazon. And also, you can download it on CD Baby. And you can hear it in its entirety on Spotify. Thrasher Die's Melting Your Skull, out there everywhere and also it says something of uh take xanax i don't know what that means <laughs> but hey thank you thank you our first sponsor and pingal records and thrasher die there we go that's awesome that's awesome checks in the mail that's right so um <laughs> yeah so that's great ian i'm glad to hear you say that uh, that you will not sell out to get more people because oh, you wor oh, no, you no. worry me you worry me dude you oh, no. I got I got to admit you worry me I I I'll tell you no I want this podcast to be the biggest it can because I believe in us because I do believe with all my heart we are the best podcast and no offense to other podcasts that influenced us and ones that we love but I believe we you know we have something here I just want to reach a larger audience because I believe once people hear this there's no turning back dude you know. But uh, I would never compromise uh, what our show is because that's why we have the fan following that we have is because of who we are, how we are, and what we do. And that I would never change for nobody. Yeah, I got I got to tell you, and you also got to think that you know, I mean, this is just me sp speaking. I hope I, I hope you don't find offense to this, but fuck sponsors. I don't want no fucking sponsors. Shove your fucking what what your what 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 is it that they fucking your Jiffy Lube up your ass? Carfax.com. Yeah, I I got your Jiffy Lube right here, bitch. You know and stuff like that. It's like I don't care. And you know what? Uh, sponsors look down upon salty language, so fuck them. Well, it, it depends on how big you are because there are some explicit podcasts that have sponsors, but it's you already have to be famous. Yeah, you see that would be great if we get sponsored by. I don't know, fucking POV porn. Fa uh, oh, dude, dude, that would be the shit. Chico's bail bonds. I still want Chico's bail bonds. <laughs> oh yeah, from Bad News Bears. But can you imagine? It's like, hey, we got a sponsor now. We have a, a new. Uh, we have a sponsor from POV uh, promoting their new album. This chick can gargle cum like a fucking little boy can gargle mouthwash. <laughs> you know how cool would that be to have like sponsors like that? Yeah, I you know. I would have no problem doing a commercial for that. We got to keep with the filth, and maybe we'll end up getting, like, you know, Ron Vivid, Jeremy's greatest yeah. hit. Vivid Entertainment. That would be nice. Yeah, Vivid Entertainment, and, you know, we have little, you know, and they send us free porn. I mean, shit, I don't want money. Just send me porn. Well, I'll tell you what. Now that we're, you know, we're on the top of, of X-rated shit, let's talk about something very sweet that you did this week. 
that I think really epitomizes why. Oh my god, how the fuck can you segue from porn to that? It's a great segue. Come on, segue. Man, that's fucked that, up, dude. That's a great segue. No, no, it's not. It's a horrible segue, and I don't want to talk about that yet. That's that's when, when we when we get into discussion of flowers and bumblebees and nice little uh, cool, uh, sunny uh, fall day, then we'll go segue into that. But for now, since we're talking about porn. I ho- I hope that we get a lot of fucking porn where chicks lick black ass. Hello. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. Now, now can we segue into nice rail? Wait, no, hold on. So today I went I went to this doggy park, right? <laughs> and it was like such a beautiful fucking day. And I saw the most adorable little like a uh, Boston Terrier. Like, he was looking this way and that way and every way, and he was just so cute. And he came up to me, and I, and I, with my foot, I touched the little doggy, uh, uh little water thing, so like the little water fountain, and he drank out of it. And it was beautiful. So go ahead, tell, tell me your story now. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something very special you did that, once again, this is one thing that uh, our fans really seem to love and respond and talk about a lot, which I appreciate. And they say, that's how accessible we are with the fans, you know, that, you know, we talk to them, we interact with them, but you did something above and beyond this week, and that is, you made a special birthday call to one of our super fans' daughters. That was just adorable. And well, well, you got also got to say, this, this little girl is a huge fan of Thrasher Die. Yes. She, that's, you know, there's an old, there's a video of her headbanging to... Fatal Fury, and her dad made it known that she's a big fan. I mean, obviously she's a big fan of Thrush Dot because he saw her reaction to my voicemail. Uh, let me let me go back. Nate, our buddy Nate, the guy with the big bushy face. <laughs> he, he, let's not get into that. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, our, our buddy Nate was um, uh, he wrote me a message. He said, "Hey man, look, I don't I don't mean to bother you or anything, but you know my daughter. I mean, I'm not going to go into details, but let's just say you know her daughter hasn't had." the greatest year you know some unfortunate things have happened so you know she's and it's her birthday coming up and he was wondering if i can leave her a voicemail just wishing her a happy birthday so i said sure man no problem and i did and then he played it for her but he filmed he filmed her while she listened to it and she just sat there and listened to it and then she grabbed the towel and covered her face and started crying and then the next then he sent another video where she was just bawling you know uncontrollably because of my my uh my message and then the third video is her calling me so i actually got to speak with her and then you know after i spoke with her she ran again to you know this girl that was in the room and started crying again while nate took the phone and thanked me now this is something that you haven't seen yet and i even haven't even told you about this ian he her birthday is today as we're doing this show it's wednesday yes and he said to me that uh what she really wanted was me doing a video to her. But I guess, I don't know if Nate was too embarrassed to ask me or whatever. But he said, yeah, you know, she wanted a video of you. and But, you know, I, I got her this. And I go, dude, I'll do a video. So yesterday, I grabbed my video camera and my acoustic guitar and sang her an original song called Happy Birthday Lady. Because that's what they call her. Her name's not Lady, but that's her right. name. I guess right. her nickname. Right. So I, I played her Happy Birthday Lady on acoustic guitar and sent it to Nate, and she must have seen it by now, or she's about to see it. So expect another video. But I think this one won't make her cry. It'll make her smile, you know what I mean? But I don't know. But yeah, I did that for her. I- I'm awesome. 
that that is that's incredible. And I, I want to apologize to Nate because he asked me to do it too. But uh, thanks to the new subway law, I'm not allowed to talk to children. I don't get it, but it's a law. Well, uh, you know that that, and also you can't live near any of them, right? Yeah. Oh no. Well, if I do, I gotta knock on their door. Is that's a, yeah. You gotta tell them. That's yeah. why. That, that's why the government put you above a bar. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, no. In all seriousness, that was a beautiful thing you did for this girl, and she was so happy. And uh, I just want to say thank you, Ralph, because I, I think that's incredible. Hey man, I, I I let me tell you something. I have never in my life seen something so awesome. That you know, because believe me, I, I I've had so many. You know, people like send me all this nice stuff, you know, but that one, it was just, it was like very inspiring to me. It was like, wow, you know, because when I left that voicemail, I had no idea. She would probably, I, I, me, I didn't even think about it, but if I was to think about it, she'd be like, oh, cool, that nutty guy with long hair and right. wish me a happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. But the way she reacted, it was like, whoa, man. I mean, I, I, I know what it's like to be just a beaver now, you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, it's, when, when you did the same thing for Justin Childers and he cried, I was like, this is really pathetic. But when, well, you, did, when you did it for this sweet little girl, it was just adorable. It was an adorable moment. And uh, you, sh you should be commended, brother. That was very, very nice of you to do. Well, thank you. And just so you know, when I did that for Justin Childers, I had a sweet little girl in mind as well when I did that one. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to get into some news? I say we get into some fucking news. All right. Well, let's let's follow this up with an up-tempo track. I'm just kidding. Uh, we have sad news today. Oh, uh, horrendous news. Yes, and that is Dolores Rhodes has passed away at 95 years old. God bless her. And, uh, you know, I know in, in the Ozzy episode I made fun of the song D. I'm still not a fan of it, but I love this sentiment. It's his mom. It's awesome. She always championed her son and uh, kept his helped keep his legacy alive. She seemed like a very, very sweet woman, and sad to hear of her passing. Yeah, and she was like, and you saw in those various interviews. I mean, she really thanked Ozzy and Sharon for keeping his memory alive. But you know, I mean, Ozzy even said like the funeral, how she put her head up. Like to the sky, it's like man losing a child, you know. Oh, I couldn't imagine. I mean, she, she I mean, and and you know, losing a child is hard enough, but man, uh, Randy, like you can see in pictures, and even wrote a song about his mom. It was definitely like a mama's boy, you know. He loved right. his mom, and that month that, and he worked, you know, at his mom's music place. Him and his mom were extremely close. That, you know, it's it's just heartbreaking what this poor woman went through. But yet, you see her interviews, you know, and she was. She was such such a sweet lady, and I, I I tell everybody I saw this like a year or two ago. The guy, what's his name from Tesla? Frank Hannon, is that how yeah, you pronounce it? Yeah, Frank Hannon. Yeah. There's a video on YouTube. Frank Hannon goes to Randy Rhodes' music school and spends time with the mom and talks to her about Randy and Randy, and she has stories about Randy. It's the sweetest thing, and you can tell she was very very old already, you know, but. Oh, you know, when I found, I found out literally like like 10 minutes ago, even though I did see D on my wall earlier and I didn't put two and two together. Like, why is somebody just post, posting D, you know, but yeah. now now it makes sense to me. But yeah, uh, rest in peace to Lord's Road. Hopefully there is an afterlife where you're back with uh, your, your deceased uh, um, family member. And hopefully, you know, she's back with Randy, man, hanging out with Randy. Now, that'd be beautiful, you know. 
Well, I, I will say this. Another thing I thought that was really cool is I found out about it through a member of our Facebook page. And they posted, oh, rest in peace, uh, Dolores Rhodes. And I was like, what? And, and then I did like a search on uh, Google and I didn't see anything. I was like, oh, is this true? Is this a hoax? But uh, that's our own fan base, man, spreading the news. And I, and I love it when, when people on the Facebook page, they share news and do all that. And uh, I found out from a member of our own family. So that's I'd rather hear it from our own family than just seeing a headline. So I thought that was really cool. That, and, that, is, that was cool. So, yeah. yeah, rest in peace. I mean, you, you, gave, you gave the world such a talent that yes. touched so many people. And inspired so many people to pick up a guitar, and believe me, man, what what you know, she was just the sweetest lady and uh, guitar teacher, and and you know, and look what she did, man. She she produced what many consider the greatest guitar player ever, you know, Randy Rhodes. So rest in peace, Dolores Rhodes, and uh, God, what a sad day, you know. I don't care if she was two hundred and five, you know, it's just. Sad to hear somebody like her pass away. There you go. All right, so what else we got? All right, next story. Man, this shit's been over blabbermouth every day this week. They've been releasing more and more episodes about these new Scorpions reissues. Oh, yeah, I've been seeing some of them. Yeah, and I don't know exactly the release date. I don't have the information written down. But uh, I'm really excited for these. You know, I hope they sound great. I'm excited for the bonus tracks. I really love that one we talked about last week. I still don't know if you went back and listened to it, the one from Taken no. Force. No, I didn't. Oh, really good. And uh, Scorpions, it's it's a band that, you know, I've said it before, a lot of people, you know, forget about them, you know, and stuff like that, but they are an amazing band, and I think these are going to be some real good reissues. Are you interested in these, Ralph? Well, to tell you the truth, and, and I what I usually do with this shit is I don't buy uh, them individually. I buy the box set because right. I'm sure they're going to release it in some kind of box set. But no, in this case, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to buy them individually. You know, what I mean, because it really bums me out that it's not the whole thing. You know, I, I want you know everything from the first album, Lonesome Crow, to to uh, Love It First Thing. I'd be happy, you know, up to that right. point. You know, right. but. It just bumps me out that it's taken taken by force all the way to, what is it, uh, Savage Amusement. Yes, I, it, yes. it just, it bumps me out that it's that way. But I will go out and pick and choose which ones I want because, you know, I mean, I, I want to hear the bonus tracks on Blackout to see if I really want to buy it again. You right. know what I mean? Because it could be just half-assed demos of that album, you know? Right, and some of them are demos, some of them are unreleased songs, and some of them come with a DVD, and some don't. So. Yeah, you see, there, there. Okay, for the classic albums I love, I will purchase the one that has a DVD for sure. Right. All right, well, here's another repackage that's coming out. Ralph, I got a feeling you could give a shit less, but we might, I think we have, well, in fact, I know we have some listeners who care, but uh, White Zombie is re-releasing their catalog on vinyl in a box set that uh, I'm excited about. This has input from... Uh, from Jay, from Sean, from Rob. I don't know if any of the drummers have input, but uh, it's a vinyl box set, and there's like a deluxe booklet with all kinds of special shit. Something that was sorely missing from the CD box set that came out with like, it was supposed to be all the recordings, but they left some shit off. 
And it was kind of thrown together. Like, Rob really tries to, like, push White Zombie under the carpet. But that's my favorite era. I, I take White Zombie every day over his solo career. And I like some of his solo shit. But White Zombie is where it's at for me. And uh, this might be something I'd be interested in picking up, you know, just to, for all the extras for the booklet for shit like that. Were you a White Zombie fan at all, Rob? I loved it. I love well the two albums. I love the Sex Sexto, and I especially love the next one, Astro Creep. I thought that was a great album. I love both those albums. The, the, the first one, Hillbilly Deluxe. I like Dragula. That's about it. Right. But I kind I kind of lost me. Am I gonna run out and buy a vinyl box set? Nah, I probably won't. But you know what? I can see myself buying those two separately on vinyl because I think they're both great albums. So yeah, I am a White Zombie fan, not fanatical. But those two albums, I dig, and I hear, I still hear them from time to time, especially Astro Creep. I think that one was extremely solid, and it was like, I thought it blew away the Sex Resisto, big time. I, I don't know. I, I still prefer the Sex Resisto, but I love them both. But it's funny, like Rob said in an interview, he goes, he goes, oh, he goes, when we play the White Zombie songs, he's like, you know, a lot of the younger fans don't know it. It just seems old and dated and weird. I'm what? Like, yeah, and I'm like, you mean good? Cause that's the best shit you ever did, motherfucker. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I just saw Rob Zombie a few months ago, and it was a great show, a really good production and everything. But I tell you, the songs I want to hear are the White Zombie songs. Was he was he out of breath? Cause when I every time I saw Rob Zombie live, he always like like Vince Neil skips words. No, no, he was. I I couldn't believe the shape he's in. I mean, he's. Oh, like, but you did see him back in those days, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no, but I know what you're talking about. Like, back in the day, uh, I think he's doing better now performance-wise. But he's like he's like a health nut. He's a vegetarian and all this shit. And uh, and he's in really good shape. He did really good, like, uh, song-wise. I mean, I mean, singing and everything. But the set list, I mean, I wanted way more White Zombie in it. But it seems like he just, he keeps trying to, you know push that under the carpet and I think that's wrong. But Did he that, play Supercharger? No. What? No, I think he might have done uh, Thunder Kiss. And, well, uh, you know, you know. Uh, he, he didn't even do Black Sunshine. I mean, it was like, what the fuck? You know? I saw, I went to Las Vegas with my parents once and that was the only show playing at the time it was Rob Zombie and Godsmack. So I had nothing, I had nothing better to do. So I went to go see it. And Godsmack, whatever. And Rob Zombie came out, and this was back in 2007, I would say. And yeah, he was like out of breath and hardly anything. Yeah. But, but man, that John Five, holy fuck! Oh, dude, he's amazing. That amazing. guy did a guitar solo that just fucking blew my mind. That, I, I mean, I left that place going, dude. I'm not. I didn't like Rob Zombie. I didn't. Sure, didn't like fucking Godsmack. But goddamn, that guitar solo was worth the price alone. And what's crazy is he keeps getting into bands that doesn't require amazing guitar playing. The probably the most amazing guitar playing he's done is what he's done with David Lee Roth, because two was not very guitar heavy. Uh, Marilyn Manson wasn't guitar heavy. Rob Zombie's not guitar. I'm glad he does his solo albums because this dude is an amazing talent. I'd love to see him like get a new band where it's like the focus is on his plane because he's unbelievable unbelievable yeah he is he's peculiar but he's great great right. talent right I don't, I don't trust somebody who doesn't drink but uh you know he's a great guitar player 
There uh, you go. All right, uh, Joe Elliott. We got to congratulate Joe Elliott. Uh, Death Leopard's new album debuted in the top ten. Not that that means shit anymore, but hey, it did debut in the top ten. How is it? Have you heard it? You know what? I you know you know our our secret source, Deep Throat. Mister X. Yeah. yeah Deep Throat. Yeah. Uh, he sent me a copy, and I haven't even been bothered to listen to it. Well, do me a favor. Uh, tell Deep Throat to send me one too. All right. We'll and, do. and also tell Deep Throat to send me some Cage. There's this band called Cage. Yeah, I yeah. told Deep Throat this already once, and All fucking right. Deep Throat has not sent me my fucking Cage. All so right. Make sure well, that D- that, Deep Throat was looking at it, and he downloaded it. It only went to 19% because not a lot of people are into Cage. But I'm doing what I can. All right. Okay. I mean, I mean, Deep Throat is doing what he can. Uh, well, tell Deep Throat thank you. I didn't mean to yell at him. All right. But uh, anyway, Joe Elliott says he's been suffering for the last nine weeks from bronchial spasms that he. Well, blamed. you know, you know that happens to people that lose their balls. <laughs> but uh, he blames it on a biker festival that Death Leopard played, and he said breathing in all the the, the motorcycle exhaust fumes has given him a bronchial spasm. I think he's just lost his voice like years ago, but that's just me. You, he's just, he's just fooling. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I can't be funny all the time, all right? All right. Well, Try the meal. Yeah, tip your waitress. All right, here's another. Man, I saw this story on fucking Blabbermouth, and it just makes me sick. Uh, it, it's Blackie Lawless. Oh my God! Not hit him again. Oh God! And he, he's spewing more of his, you know, born again stuff. And I heard he hates the Starbucks thing. Yeah, oh, I'm sure he does. But uh, you know, he's talking about the Bible. You know, and he says, you know, it's impossible that that the Bible was written without divine uh, inspiration and all this shit. And then he goes on to talk about, you know, his decision to stop performing animal. And he says. At the time I came back to my faith, I said, that's it. I can't stand up on stage and say this. There's a verse in the Bible that says, let no corrupt speech come from your mouth. And then he says, between you, me, and the fence post, the song was put into my life for a reason. For me to create the fever that it did with the PMRC and to make the band a household name. And then for me to announce to the world, I would never play it again. He then said... What the fuck is wrong? The oh, Bible the Bible actually encourages fucking. All right. Well, hold on. He's not done. He says, he says, and I tell people now, and the silence is deafening. It worked like a charm. So you're saying that God made you write Animal Fuck Like a Beast to create the PMRC... To make Wasp popular, and then for you to not play it again. I can't even wrap my fucking head around that. No wonder it sucked for so long already. Oh my god. And and you know what's disappointing is, I I loaded up the new album on my phone, and I've heard a few tracks, and vocally, he doesn't sound bad, but the songs are just not there. The songs are just not there, man. Yeah, not there at all, and I'm like... Where is that piss and vinegar, that fire, you know, from yeah. early Wasp? And it, it's not that, you know, if people laugh at Chris Holmes now, shit, I'd almost rather listen to Chris Holmes. Than I, I, well, I do too, because I love comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
Blackie, Jesus Christ, come back to the dark side. Now, you fuck were- him. Let him stay there. I, 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 that guy left a bitter taste in my mouth when he walked backstage and wanted my ass kicked. There you go. True story. And if, and if people don't know that story, I'm sorry. I've told it a quadrillion times. Yeah. Go to past episodes. Go to our whatever Wasp review that we did. I'm sure I talked about it there. Yeah, Last Command. Yeah, uh, it's a whole Ralph versus Blackie. Blackie wanted to kick my ass, ended a show because of me, and uh, check out that past episode, and you'll find out all the crazy details. And it's on video. All right, well, here's a story that really hits home. This really depresses me. Uh, ACDC is on what some call a farewell tour, even though it's not officially a uh, excuse me, announces a farewell tour, but they are playing a date in Auckland, New Zealand, and they are not allowed to sell beer at this show. Oh, boy. How can you not sell beer? At an ACDC show. Thank you, sir. That's that's ridiculous. That's like going to a crack den and not smoke crack. Exactly. Exactly. What's my mom to do? You know? This, yeah, this Exactly. This is terrible. Uh, ah, there, I just farted. That's my tribute to that one. Oh, man, that, that's just that's just wrong. And it's un-American, even if it's in New Zealand and they're an Australian band. That's just un-American. That's, that's like the Rock and Metal Combat podcast with two sober people. Yeah, that, that bow don't float. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. All right, so, so I feel bad for all the fans in... Uckland, what, what are you talking about, man? People are going to be doubly drunk, and they ain't even going to go in. They'll be trying to, they'll be passing out by the time they get to the gate, because everybody's going to be drinking outside. <laughs> exactly. That, that, that's going to be a hell of a tailgate there. <laughs> I'm telling you, boy, that's the stupidest shit ever. Sell beer inside. That way, every, no one, some people will make it inside to watch the show. All right. Well, here's some positive news. A uh, little follow-up on what we talked about last week. Dr. No from uh, Bad Brains is no longer in uh, critical condition. Uh, uh, Ian, I'm sorry to say this, but I edited that part out. Oh, okay. Yeah, we went way too long, but we can bring it up. I mean, we did bring it up in the last episode uh, Uh, that, you know, uh, we were sending our, uh, you know, positive wishes for him to get better. And now, yeah, I understand he's better, which is great. All right, well, I've got four more stories, so just edit it all out together. That's fine. No, 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 that's cool. I'm not going to edit. So far, everything we said, I ain't going to edit shit. All right. All right. That's why we're the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. There you go. Uh, All right, so uh, speed recovery, Dr. No from Bad Brains. All right. All right, now here's a rumored tour that's uh, not announced yet, but it sounds like it's going to be announced, and this is something I'd be interested in seeing. Megadeth is getting ready to go out on tour with support from Suicidal Tendencies, uh, Children of Bodom, and Havoc. That's Havoc. Havoc is awesome. I love it. I, I, I don't really care for Children of Bodom. But uh, I, me neither. But Havoc, I think, is a killer fucking band. Well, I got to say, the first two Children of Bodom albums, I think, are fucking amazing. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I don't know enough. What I heard didn't blow my boat, but I love Havoc. I worship Suicidal Tendencies, even though, you know, it's pretty much Mike Mears solo at this point. But right. s- still to hear those songs. And uh, hopefully an inspired set from Megadeth. This is a tour. The last couple times I saw Megadeth was just future. I mean, it was horrible. 
But I would I would go to see this tour. I would definitely go see this. Megadeth is going to surprise you. I predict their next album is going to be the best album they did since Endgame. Possibly even before that. Possibly it will top Endgame. I have a lot of faith the new Megadeth is going to rip some heads off. Well, I hope you are right. I hope I'm right, too. Now, here's another tour that got announced that I'd be interested in seeing, but uh, no dates near me, and I can't remember if it comes near you. But Lamb of God and Anthrax are going out of I'm not interested in that crowd. Not at all? Is is Anthrax actually opening? Oh, well, they make it look like a co-headline tour. It's like Lamb of God, Anthrax, and special guests. Yeah, well, I bet you, I bet you anything. Anthrax is opening. They were opening for Volbeat, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's pathetic. That's and and but Lamb of God is much more popular than Anthrax these days. Anthrax is just pathetic, aren't they? They have no fucking pride whatsoever. They'll jump out. I remember this all started in 1995. Stop, stop 442. I saw Anthrax open for the Misfits. Ooh. Yeah, I shit you not. All right, now here's a story I know Ralph's not going to give a shit about, uh, but we do have some listeners I know that do, and that is STP, Stone Temple Pilots, has parted ways with Chester Bennington or Benningham or whatever that guy from fucking uh, Lincoln Park. Uh, They split up. And I got to say, I'm a huge Stone Temple Pilots fan. And when I heard when I heard they were doing something with a guy from Lincoln Park, I about lost my shit because I there's there's few bands I hate as much as Lincoln Park. To me, that they're worse than Limp Bizkit. I mean, yeah, I, there there are bands I hate just as much as Lincoln Park. STP's one of them. Oh God, uh, I, I knew you. Were I like right. I like Lincoln Park more. How do you like those apples? Oh God, uh, I'm not eating that apple. But anyway. Uh, but I will have to say they did an EP with him, and I liked it, and I did not want to like it. But I thought he did a good job. But he's, uh, <laughs> they're saying he can't devote enough time to both bands, so they're going to move forward and go for a new singer. It's really hard, in my opinion. I know you hate him, but in my opinion, it's very hard to replace Scott Weiland. And uh, I, I would much rather see him just do a new band like they did with Talk Show, like they did with Army of Anyone, then to call it Stone Temple Pilots, because to me, you, you really need Wyland. Yeah, I, it's really hard to replace a poser. Yeah, there you go. I, know, I, I, I knew the jams were coming. No, 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 I'm telling you, man, there's nobody I dislike more than Scott Wyland. Nobody. I, I like, I like what about, you what name, about, you what name about, the person. Okay. I like Marilyn Manson. I like fucking... You name it, Fred Durst. I'll take Fred Durst over fucking Scott Weiland. What Scott about, Weiland's a poser. What about Sammy Hagar? I'll take Scott. Uh, no, I'll take Sammy Hagar over Scott Weiland. Oh. And I'll tell you. Oh, I got I got proof why. And then and dude, I can't believe you saw this shit and still respect the fucking asshole. When they did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and he basically goofed on Van Halen while doing "Ain't Talking About Love." Did you see that performance? Uh, I saw it like year when it first happened. You gotta see it again. This guy is prancing around stage like goofing on David Lee Roth, making fun of David Lee Roth, doing these stupid dance moves like, hey, look at me, I'm Dave, like kind of like, and, but he looks like a complete fucking douchebag. I don't like the guy. And here's, I'll give you an example. When they first came on the scene, hey, look, 
I'm fucking Phil, Philip and Selmo with uh, RM, RM, and acting like a, uh, singing like, uh, what's his face? Eddie Then, yeah, then he, he always turns into this like chameleon type person. He, you know, he strives on being this, this different, like when Velvet Revolver came out, he, he's like, okay, now I want to look like Sid Vicious. Then there's times he wants to look like David Bowie. He never wants to look like somebody that doesn't exist. I don't like the guy for many, number one, he's a, he, and he's not a junkie. I don't believe that guy's ever touched heroin because it was, <laughs> and I'll tell you why, man, because it was always coincidental. This asshole always got busted a week before the album comes out. Every time STP was releasing an album, this guy either got busted for heroin, a DUI, or beating up his chick, whatever the fuck. Then he joins Velvet Revolver, same thing happens right before the album comes out. I think that was the DUI story. He always got arrested to get his name in the press. I honestly don't believe the guy's a junkie. I think he's a fucking, he's full of himself. And we heard like these recent stories how people actually paid money to meet this dipshit and he treated them all like shit. That doesn't surprise me though. The guy just seems like he's so fucking full of himself. He's such a fucking idiot. And I've seen that interview with him and Howard Stern. He is a complete fucking douche nozzle. And fuck him. I'll take Sammy Hagar over Scott Weiland. There's Ouch. nobody I dislike more than Sam, than than fucking uh, than than Scott Weiland. I'm serious, man. At least Sammy Hagar uh, is like you know Jimmy Buffett 24/7. Alrighty. Well, there you go. Uh, I, I I love his music. I don't know how he is personally, but I am a fan of his music. Well. There, I can't argue with you and the millions of people that do like his music. That's fine. I'm just saying, as a human being, yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't get into his music, but that doesn't, that doesn't taint the way I feel about the guy right. because, no, dude, I, I, I hate a lot of people's music, and I don't hate those people. Well, no, I, I, by all accounts, he is a fucking prick. But I, and I, I, I you know, and I. And, and if he was to die tomorrow, I would not wish. But I will snicker. No, I'm just kidding. Well, maybe I'm not. I don't know. All right, well, let's end this on a positive note before we get into the review. Uh, this is somebody, well, two people we both uh, love and admire, and that's Brad Whitford and Derek St. Holmes. I am so excited about this, but I just know it's not coming nowhere near us. It's going to be one of those New York, Chicago, L.A. shows. You're right. Uh, There's no demand for this shit, but it's awesome. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know... Will the album live up to it? I, I got a feeling it's going to be pretty goddamn good. I think, I think it's going to be amazing because Brad Wilford has probably been dying to fucking write some kick-ass music. It's oh, hell too- yeah. And he's a major talent. He blows Joe Perry away as far as a guitar player. And Derek St. Holmes can still fucking sing his ass off. Oh, Derek St. Holmes is a fucking monster, man. I, one of my favorite singers from the 70s, hands down. Stranglehold, baby. Oh, yeah. Death by Misadventure, Dog Eat Dog. The guy has serious pipes. Well, Ted's son, uh, Stranglehold. No, he did it. That was Derek St. Home. Do your homework, motherfucker. You sure about that? Yeah, Ted only does that part where he goes, sometimes you want to get high. Sometimes. Oh, that's, right. that's the only part, Ted. He, and actually, Ted talked a little bit. But that whole song, The Strangle, that's Derek St. Home, motherfucker. Oh. Uh, Just what the doctor ordered that Jerry St. Holmes too. Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's definitely Derek. Uh, Derek Saint- anyway, I'm excited about it, and uh, man, if it comes near you, that's a show I would definitely check out. Let me tell you something. Um, 
I, I the first time I saw Ted Nugent was the Scream Dream tour. Derek St. Holmes was long gone by that point. Yeah, is that when he had Charlie Hunt was singing? Uh, I think so. And you know, and that show was Pat Travers and the Scorpions open. Oh wow! Uh, Animal Magnetism tour. Then I saw him on the Nugent tour with uh, Carmine a piece on drums. Then I saw Ted Nugent a couple more times, and then like in '88, he had um, he released an album called uh, "If You Can't Lick 'Em, Lick 'Em," and he was playing this place called Sunrise Musical Theater. And, you know, I love Ted Nugent. I don't give a fuck about his politics. Well, back then he kept his mouth shut. Anyway, I go see this tour. Can't lick 'em, lick 'em. And he comes out playing fucking uh, uh, just what the doctor ordered, and it was fucking Derek St. Holmes, man. Oh, that nice. was that was awesome. I was like, holy fuck, Derek St. Holmes is back. Even though I've seen Derek St. Holmes several I, times after I, that. I think I got to see. What, did he? You did. did. He? If if you were if you were at the Kiss Farewell yeah, tour, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, 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 that was Derek. That Saint was yeah. that was Derek St. Holmes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that was awesome. That, that's the only time I ever saw Sweaty Teddy. Was a, really? a kiss tour, yeah. And he kicked ass, didn't he? Yeah, I had a chance to see with damn Yankees, and I passed because I wasn't feeling that shit. Right. But, uh, but that, yeah, that's the only time I got to see him, and if that's the last time, I'll be happy because at least I got to see him. And it was a mind-blowing show. I mean, I mean, it really sounded good. It was all the hits. Yeah, uh, that's all he does. Awesome. And, and Ted Nugent, let me tell you something. Some of his later albums, man, you'd be surprised how good they are. Like Crave Man, have you heard that album? Uh, I have it, but I haven't listened to it. It's really good. You'll be surprised. And Spirit of the Wild is a good oh, album. Uh, Love Grenade. They're all great albums. It's later. I, I, let me tell you something. I'm a big fan of the 70s stuff. I mean, right. I don't like Weekend Warrior as much as you do. So I like the shit I, before I, that. I love Weekend Warriors. Man. Well, I love, like, you know, Need You Bad and The Weak Tidal Stock. Tight Spots, Good well, Friends, and a Bottle of Blue. Bottle of wine? Oh, well, I'll, I'll listen to it. I'll give it another shot. By we need, far, we need to review that. We need to review that, and we need that's to review great. Intensities in Ten Cities. I'm down for that. I love Intensity in Ten Cities. And I got to tell you, man, in my top five greatest album covers of all time, Weekend Warrior is in there, man. Oh. I love that fucking... And I remember that pinball machine. You remember the Ted Nugent pinball machine? No, I never saw that. It, yeah, in the 70s, Google it, there was a Ted Nugent pinball machine that was the Weekend Warrior album cover. It was badass. But, uh, man, one thing I will tell you, I don't know if you've watched the new series, Ash vs. the Evil Dead. No, I've been hearing oh, good things oh, about it, though. Oh, it's amazing. And it, it's all, like, deep purple and fucking uh, Ted Nugent music in it and everything. And, man, they play Journey to the Center of Your Mind. And that guitar solo is still one of the best, most electrifying guitar solos I've ever heard. If, if any of our listeners don't know, his first band, Amboy Dukes, just go to YouTube, Amboy Duke's Journey to the Center of Your Mind. That yep. guitar solo will blow your fucking mind. It's amazing. That was, yeah, he's, he's the, the man is one of the greatest guitar players. And to see Ted Nugent live, man, to, see, to, to watch him perform that guitar solo stranglehold, it's just mesmerizing. It all, and you know what I love about Ted Nugent? He's been playing it for 50 years now, and he still plays it note for note like right. the album. He doesn't, he doesn't do no little extended jam or whatever. No, no, he keeps faithful to it. And you know what, man? That's the way to play that song because that song is so fucking awesome. That guitar solo is so awesome that if you change one note, it just ruins the whole thing. I love Ted Nugent. I don't care about his politics. Actually, there's some things he says that, that make sense to me, but then there's some things he's just a little too right. asinine. See, see, to me as a person, I feel about him like you feel about Scott Weiland. But I, okay. love, I love his fucking music, dude. 
I, really I love do. his patriotism. Yeah. Yeah, well, to me, that's bullshit patriotism, but uh, I love his music. But uh, let's let's get into this fucking album. We've been we've been newsing it for a while, and let's talk about the fucking voice of metal, Ronnie James Dio. All right, let me grab the tape because we recorded this months ago, and let's let's tack it on right now. Here we go. All right, let's get into the review now with uh, Ronnie James Dio's band Dio, and their 1987 was it. 87? 87, yes, 87. 1987 release, Dream Evil. And uh, this one features a new guitar player, Craig Goldie, who was in Jafria, right? Wasn't he in Jafria? Yes, he was, and Rough Cut. Rough Cut, but did he actually play on, was he like in Rough Cut, like Jakey Lee was in Rough Cut? They were just uh, there, right. but they didn't he, do any recordings? Yeah, he was after Jakey e. Lee. I'm not sure if he's on record. I know he's on record with Jafria. He's on the first Jafria. Yeah, that I do. That I didn't know. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm aware he was in Rough Cut, but man, I don't know, man. It's like saying, yeah, Jakey e. Lee was in Rat. You know, it's like, yeah, man. You know, he was in he was in the band, but, you know, he didn't record the album. Any recordings, like the official releases, it's hard for me to call him a member of Rough Cut. He was a member of Jafria. Right. Uh, all right. And, uh, but everybody else is still in the band. Wasn't that Greg? How do you pronounce that keyboard? Is his name? Uh, Clutch, no. Was he, uh, like, during, like, everything before? Yeah, he was on yep, yeah, Sacred yeah. Heart. Uh, actually, a friend of mine I used to work with, Big uh, shout out to Big Dick Slick Rick. I used to work with. I know he doesn't listen to the show. I don't even know if he's still alive. But he grew up with Claude in Buffalo, New York, and was good friends with Claude, and got to go see a lot of like when Dio would come around the Buffalo era, era on the uh, you know the early tours, he would get to go and go backstage, and uh, he was a big uh, you know big fan and a, and a great friend of Claude. So big shout out to Rick. Very cool. Yeah, I know he was in Sacred Heart because he's in the King of Rock and Roll video. Uh, anyway, what do I think of this album? I think I'm, you know, I'm going to reserve my judgment when we go into the songs. But uh, I can tell you I have, I was a big Dio fan, like I am today. So, obviously when it came out, I ran out and bought it. I saw the tour. It was with Megadeth and Sabotage at the West Palm Beach Auditorium. And, man, Dio Live, man, back then, he really did give you a show you know um you know the dragon being the most popular but you know honestly i think the last in line show was the best stage show he ever did better than the dragon this is also the last album that features murray the yes. the mascot the the devil yes which i don't understand why why did they get rid of him it makes no sense to me. he was cool well you know, there was a lot of bands that I was surprised gave up their mascots. Especially and, Motley Crue. Right, but I mean, like, of course the most famous is Eddie with Iron Maiden. But you had, uh, and I don't know if, like, they didn't want to be tagged as a Maiden ripoff, but, you know, Motley Crue had Alistair Fiend, uh, Megadeth had Vic Rattlehead, why they ever gave him up. Like, he should be on every Megadeth cover. And Murray should be on every... Uh, you know, Dio album. I think he was in a way on Lock Up the Wolves. It's kind of like, to me, I still 
in my mind, I think it's Murray, even though you know it's it's a you know a hooded cloak. But uh, I love mascots, and I, I love that kind of theme through album covers. And I wish more bands would have stuck with it. Was was Murray on Sacred Heart? I'm trying to think. Uh, well, it, you know, it's a it's a uh, oh on Sacred Heart. No, you just see like the dragon's hands holding the heart kind of thing. Uh, okay. All right. Well, anyway, okay, you go into it. I already talked about it enough. All right. Uh, this was the first Dio studio album that I was waiting for. Um, you know, I first got into hard rock and metal. Uh, Sacred Heart had already come out. And I heard, I saw the video for Rock and Roll Children, fell in love, went and bought that, went back and got the other stuff. You know, I had no idea he was in Black Sabbath. I had no idea of Rainbow or anything like that. I just knew the Dio band. Um, and and I loved Sacred Heart at the time. You know, over the years, you know, it hasn't aged as well. It's definitely not one of my favorites. But, uh, you know, then Intermission came out. I bought Intermission right when it came out. But this was the first studio album that I was, like, waiting for. And, uh, you know, I'd see the ads at Hit Parader that it was coming out. And, man, I was not disappointed. I love this album. A lot of, you know, spoiler alert, a lot of people shit on this album. A lot of people shit on this album. To me, it is my third favorite Dio album. Uh, I absolutely love it. And what a special time. It was a weird time. You know, because I think Dio was kind of weird in the mix because 87 was all about, you know, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue. It was definitely more the gr the glam stuff than it was traditional metal. And here's a guy putting a traditional metal album out in the midst of all this, this glam shit. But I love it, but we'll get into it track by track and see what I think. Ralph, why don't you start out with the title, or not the title track, but the first track, Night People. Night People, the first song I heard off the album. Uh, this was um, on M -M 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 Metal Shop, the only show with teeth. It premiered this song as the new Dio, you know. Oh, we have new Dio, and they played Night People. And I was like, oh, yeah, because I was extremely disappointed with Sacred Heart. When it came out, I was like, oh man, this ain't as good as Last in Line or Holy Diver. You know, looking back, I do still love King of Rock and Roll. I, I have a fondness for Hungry for Heavens, even though it's very commercial. And I love the deep track, Another Day. But the rest of it, meh. But this album starts off with a song I like a lot. Uh, Night People is, uh, you know, it's... I, I guess it's just Dio being Dio, but again, and I've, and I've explained this, and yes, I already did a review for not only Dream Evil, but I did a review for every single Dio album on my The Eternal Idols YouTube page, which I went back and watched my episode on this album to refresh my memory of what I thought back then, see if it changed, and no, not a lot has changed. Uh, this is a standout, one of the standout tracks. My favorite song, I don't know pretty up there though I love Night People it's 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 got a great 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 riff uh, vibe heaviness kind of uh, you know mid-tempo kind of fast a little on the fast side and I love what I love the most about Dio is those fucking lyrics and that voice you know do you like the dark do you like the way it moves 
I mean, that's so Dio. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know what that means, but it's fucking cool. So, uh, opening track. Oh my god. Yes, I love this. Awesome, awesome song. Uh, I love the driving riff of this. It's just like fast chugging. Uh, it is Dio by the numbers. You've kind of heard it before. And uh, so much on par with uh, the first two albums. I agree. Uh, why don't you take the title track? All right, the title track, Dream Evil. Oh, my God, do I love this song. Uh, again, this is one that kind of gets overlooked. Doesn't get as much praise as, you know, Holy Diver, Last in Line. Uh, but I, I think it's right there. It is a step below, but it's 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 right there with them. Uh, you know, amazing track. It's it's not the epic track, which I find kind of funny. You know, for like the title track, it's not like you know like the longest song or anything. But it, it's perfect. It's it's perfect. It sums up the whole album. Uh, and I think Greg Goldie fits in great on this. I'm not the biggest Greg Goldie fan in the world. But I love this album. But the other stuff that he did later with Dio, uh, I wasn't so keen on. I kind of, I kind of checked out after Strange Highways. I mean, I still have all those albums. You know, I still love them and listen to them. But to me, you know, Strange Highways was the last like solid Dio album. But uh, Greg Goldie on this album, I thought he did an amazing job, especially for the background that he came from. You know, he was known for doing you know lighter stuff like Jeffrey and Rough Cut. Uh, but this is this is great heavy metal. Love the title track. What do you think, Ralph? It's uh, very reminiscent of Blackmore. Uh, I feel that main riff, the way that song starts, it could be like the 1987 version of Man on the Silver Mountain. I feel it has that total type of Blackmore riffage. And Craig Goldie, I hear I hear a lot of Blackmore in his playing. He's very Blackmore-ish and. Uh, this song, I, you know, I can, I, it's a little harsh for me to say I can take it or leave it because I'd rather take it. It's not a bad song. It's a good song. Is it as good as Holy Diver, the title track? No. Is it as good as The Last in Line title track? No. Is it as good as Sacred Heart title track? No, no, it's better than that. Um, I, I, I like the song, but... It's not something that, you know, if I'm going to ma make a top 20, it'll make the top 20 of, well, maybe, a Dio solo song, but it'd be very low on the list. It's an all right song. Not bad, not great, but very good. There, I'd give it a B. B not even a B minus or a B plus. A B. That's what I would A solid B. Okay. And then we go into, is it Sunset Superman? Yes. Okay. Sunset Superman. Uh, this uh, this is a song that I saw the tour. They didn't play this live, but oddly enough, when I went to go see Dio on the Magicka tour, I know they played it, and I, I kind of, I, if memory serves me correct, I believe he opened the show with this song, which was kind of odd. This song, uh, even less than Dream Evil, uh, I could take it though. I am. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a clunker, and I wouldn't say it's a great or even very good song. It's just good. I give this one a C, not a C plus, not a C minus, 
but very close to a C minus. Sunset Superman is it, it's all right. It's not bad, but there's much better songs on this album. You? Uh, I'd give it an A. I love Sunset Superman, and uh, an ex-girlfriend of, of mine at, at the time, you know, she was by you know wasn't a Dio fan really. She loved this song. I love this song, and I as well saw him on the the uh, Magica tour. I think a day or before you, or a day after you, with uh, Ingve Malmsteen and Doro Pesh opening up. Yeah. And uh, man, when he played this song, and I can't remember the, the set or man, when he played this, I was so fucking happy because uh, I mean, what deep cut! And to me, it's it's just a pummeling rocker, dude. I love it. I love the drums on this. I love everything about Sunset Superman. Definitely an A song. Alright, well, take the next one. Alright, well, the next one is, uh, yes, the uh, first single off the album. Was it? Because I remember uh, uh, Could Have Been a Dreamer was a video, the video released for this album. Then the second video was all a full sail away. Okay, well, here's something... You know, and it, I was doing some research online because I remembered it that same way too. I thought it was I could have been a dreamer first, but according to online, this was the first single, and uh, and I remember seeing this video and and just falling in love. It was when uh, uh, there wasn't just Headbangers Ball. Remember when they used to have a thirty-minute show during the daytime that was metal. Do you remember that on MTV? Well, I remember there was a 30-minute daytime metal show called Metal Shop that was before Headbanger's Ball. Well, no, this this was a daytime show on MTV. What? And I remember they, they used to show a guy, he'd come out and he'd bang a gong. And he'd yeah, that was character. Metal Shop. No, that was before Headbanger's Ball, dude. Okay, well, maybe... You got, maybe you got they... your timing very wrong because okay. uh, this album came out when Headbanger's Ball was around. Oh, okay. And if you remember, when Dio, when this album came out, Dio was a guest VJ on the Headbangers Ball, and he interviewed Ron Keel, which we interviewed as well. Yes. Well, maybe they replayed it, because, I mean, I vividly remember uh, going to my grandparents' house after school on a Friday. Yeah, and, you know, uh, probably and, what you're thinking is they may have had a metal show in the daytime during that time. I don't yeah. remember, but it definitely didn't have that right. call. Okay, well, anyway, I remember seeing this video and I was like, Holy I want to cut shit. you off. I want to cut you off even again. Remember, it was either they'd have the guy hit the gong or, remember this? Carrie King would walk and he'd hit the gong with his guitar. Remember that? that that's what I thought it was Carrie King or it looked well, like Carrie King. Okay. No, it was Carrie King and they were playing Angel of Death in the background. And he'd walk and he'd hit the gong with his guitar. That was Metal Shop. That was. That aired before Headbangers Ball. That was, I would say, 86, 87. 87 is where Headbangers Ball first uh, aired. And here's a little trivia for you. Who was the very first host on the very first Headbangers Ball? Uh, I don't know, Adam Curry? Lemmy and Filthy Animal Taylor. Okay. I have that. Awesome. All right, go ahead. I won't cut awesome. you off. No Anyway, I remember seeing the video and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Um, an epic, epic fucking track. Uh, and a really cool video. You know, really neat. Uh, reminds me of the movie The Fog. Because, you know, you know, there's all kinds of fog and it's on, you know, 
at the at the ocean and stuff like that. And uh, porn star Terry Weagle is the girl in the video. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's got like 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 the the long curly black hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's fine. Uh, I gotta look into her porn now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she was great in the eighties. Uh, but man, th- th- to me, this is a masterpiece Dio song uh, that doesn't get enough attention. I really think this is on par with some of his best work ever. This album is a little keyboard heavy, but I mean, it was the time. It was a 87, but uh, I still like it. It's not overbearing, but there is more of a presence on it. Best song on the album. I love this fucking song. Um, it's the best Dio song that's been done since Egypt to Chains Are On. I would say. Standout track, amazing song. The song that should proudly um, appear on every Dio compilation ever made. This is the song that should represent this album. Video's cool. Um, Amazing song. I I can't stress how much I love this song. I love at the end when he says, Oh, the fool sailed away. And he held that note. Beautiful. I'm not too fond of the video edit because uh, that really weird part of the song was edited out of the video. But other right. than that, I love this song. I love everything. I even love that little weird part because, it, you know, it was a little strange for Dio because Dio has always been straight ahead with no left turns. And, and I like that he did a little left turn on this one. And it's really cool with a little different solo from your normal Dio. He was taking a little bit of a chance on this song. And for me, it worked. And the keyboards really work on this song. I think this song deserves to be keyboard heavy for it to have that uh, motif. I think that's the word correctly for it. Um, All the Fool Sailed Away is an amazing song. We are the innocent. I love the lyrics of this song. I love everything about it. Fucking God, don't you miss this guy? Hell yes. I miss Hell him yes. so fucking much, man. I'm serious, man. I, I, I think all the time, man, what would Dio be doing? What would he be saying now in these songs? Because everything that guy would say was a, he painted pictures with words better than anybody. You don't know what the fuck the song means, but it means a lot. You know what I mean? And all the fools sailed away. What the fuck does that mean? I don't know, but listen to those lyrics, and it's still, it paints a picture in your mind. The guy was a freaking genius. All right, uh, why don't you flip the album over, Ian? Now, the first song on side two is Naked in the Rain, and I fucking love this song. This is a great deep track. Uh, you know, wasn't a single. Uh, I don't know if it was played live or not on that tour. I didn't get to see it. Yes, it was. But uh, Awesome. I love this. I love the solo on this. This is definitely my favorite Greg Goldie album. Uh, I should say it's the only Greg Goldie album I like. <laughs> but I think he sounds great on this. I dig the solo on this. Uh, Naked in the Rain, a great track to me. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I love this song. Probably my second favorite song off the album. When they played this song live, uh, they went. You know, they, that's when Craig Goldie did his little guitar solo in the middle of the song then it went back into the song actually you can see the live version on youtube where it was aired 
on MTV. MTV had a, it wasn't really a Dio concert. Well, it was, but it was kind of like a Dio special where Dio was being interviewed and then you'd go into songs like, you can see Dream Evil live, Naked in the Rain live, and I can't remember what else. I think We Rock and stuff like that. But yeah, there is actual pro shot live footage of them doing uh, Naked in the Rain live. And yeah, I love this song, Two Faces on Fire. Again, what I keep repeating myself about Dio is like he paints pictures with words that are just so awesome. Two faces on fire, you know. Are we just Nate? Uh, are we just uh, something with the pain? Or we are what we are. We're naked in the rain. It's just fucking phenomenal. Which goes into the next song, which I forget. What's the instrumental called? Overlove intro or something? Well, no, it's just one song. Overlove. Okay, so it is all one song. Okay. Well, it starts with a little unaccompanied little guitar thing. Little, you know, Craig Goldie doing a little riffage. And uh, then it goes into like a really hard rocker fast song. And I really like this song. This is, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to spoil it for everybody. But this is pretty much where the album ends for me. You know, this is the last good song on the album. And uh, I like it. But, you know, I'm a big fan of like the faster tunes you know any band when they do faster tunes uh i really dig it unlike you ian so i'll be very surprised if you like this one what do you think uh good but not great uh it does very much remind me of uh, richie blackmore especially with that little intro uh it's a very rainbow sounding song you know i could have hear, heard this on uh rising or uh long live rock and roll uh, not not a bad song at all. I, I dig it. It's just not one of my favorites. But uh, you know, it's it's a good song. I don't think there's been a bad song on this song on this album since. And that's including the next song, which was the second single. And something I found very weird is uh, the album came out in July, and they released uh, you know the first single, "All the Fools Sail Away," and then they they didn't release this one till October. And to me, that man, they waited a long time for the second single to drop. I guess they were trying to milk it with just one, and when the album didn't take off like they wanted to, uh, then they put this out in October. But man, it used to be, you know, you get a single before the album, and you know, then the album would come out, and then maybe like a month or two later, you get the next one. But that just seemed like a long time to me. But anyway, I fucking love. Uh, I could have been a dreamer. It's it, it's a Dio anthem, uh, you know, uh, a very positive song, like a lot of his songs. And, uh, you know, this could have been on, on Sacred Heart, but uh, I like it better than all the shit on Sacred Heart. I know you don't like it too much, well, I can tell by your face you don't like it too much, but uh, I think it's an awesome uh, Dio song that should be on any greatest hits. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of this song. I don't hate it. It's average at best. Uh, something funny about this song. I remember uh, it was a Metal Sludge board. Somebody put a topic on, what's a band that you saw live that they didn't play their current single? And I said, well, it's Dio. He didn't play I Could Have Been a Dreamer live. And that was the video at the time when I saw that show. And somebody wrote, no, no, no. He did play that early in the tour. So, yeah. But, and I, th- I believe the guy even said it was a radio broadcast that he heard it on. So I'd be interested to get a good copy of the Dream Evil show, you know. Look into that, Ian. You're the master bootlegger. 
And okay. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it is not horrible. I, you know, it's like a your average. You know, I can, I, this one I could take or leave. You know, uh, I can care less if it was there or, you know. But it's a good song to throw on an album if it's going to be like, I technically don't think it's a filler because it was a single, but to me it's filler-ish. So yeah, I can do without it. What's the next one? When a woman cries? No, the next one is Faces in the Window. Faces in the Window, where you had Faces in the Rain. What the fuck? Faces, Faces. Uh, forgettable. Not something that I, I even remember now. But I do remember like when I did the review on the YouTube thing. I was like, eh. And uh, then I did listen to it, like I think like a week ago, I played this whole album. Uh, driving in my car, really, I like fast forwarded to the songs I'm not too familiar with that I'm kind because of, they're so forgettable, I can't remember how they go. And this is one of them. And uh, I heard it like a week ago in my car, and as I sit here right now, I forgot it again. So, you know, it's very forgettable. What do you think? Uh, my least favorite on the album, uh, it is filler, but I, I think it's good. I think the filler on this album is much stronger than the filler on Sacred Heart. And, you know, a lot of people dodge this one, uh, you know, and, and compared to Sacred Heart, but I think it's much stronger. And uh, while they both have filler, this has stronger filler, and this is one of them, but still my least favorite on the on the album. I agree with you. Uh, Dream Evil is way better than Sacred Heart. It is an improvement, definitely. I agree. All right, what, what does the album end with? The When a Woman Cries? Yes, that is the last song. All right, what do you think? Uh, Killer filler. Again, it did kind of, this album definitely started going down, you know, but we just changed our mind on which song it starts with. But we agree these last two songs aren't, you know, by far the best. Uh, they should have maybe rearranged the record, you know, and gone out with a stronger song. But I still, I think it's killer filler because I still like When a Woman Cries. But it, it is her. But again, uh, I prefer the filler on this album to, to a lot of his other albums that are chock full of filler. But uh, it, it kind of ends with a whimper and not a bang. But uh, I, I still dig the track. What do you think? Yeah, like uh, the last one. I already, I even forgot the title. What was the last one called again? Faces in the Window. Um, yeah. I, I, I can't take them. I can't really separate the both of them i can't remember how it goes and i'm telling you i just heard it well that one i kind of remember when a woman cries i remember that uh, part. yeah i remember that but you know i mean but still it's eh. you know but the beautiful thing about ronnie james Dio is the songs that i don't like too much are still passable they're not like you know uh i don't know like revelation number nine or my world by guns and roses you know it's not something where I'm like, oh my God, take that off, it's horrible. It's like, eh, it's not that good, but, you know, it's Dio singing his ass off, and I love his voice, and it is metal. So even if it's bad metal, it's still good metal. I mean, I, I can't even, that's unfair for me to call it bad. It's not bad. It's just there. You know what I mean? That's just the only way I can do it. So that wraps up our review on uh, Dream Evil, and before Ian throws you the facts, on this album, the charts and all that crap. Uh, I want to say, looking back on this album, I, I I hold it very fond. 
I think it is great. Um, it's a great return for Ryan James Dio. Dio did go on record to say it was a very unhappy album to do. He uh, he said that the rest of the band was not crazy about Craig Goldie being in the band. They all miss Vivian, and uh, that's what made this recording unpleasant. Uh, but Dio did say on that same interview that he loved Craig Goldie, he thinks he's a great guitar player, and uh, screw what the other guys thought. That's what he said. But um, I look back at Dream Evil as one of the better Dio solo albums. You know, I would put it, I would have to say it is the four, my fourth favorite, right behind Holy Diver, Last in Line, and Strange Highways. Then I would put Dream Evil after those. And then, Lock Up the Wolves, I love a lot too, so I'd put that after that one. Alright, so that's uh, my sum up of Dream Evil. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. There's an awesome band called Dream Evil. And I don't know if they yeah. got they, they got the name from this this uh, album, yeah. but... but uh, oh, they did. Um, well, I, I really recommend you guys... Uh, I think the album's called Metalized. I could be wrong. But punch up this song called Made of Metal. It's fucking hilarious. There's a sign where he goes, I am so fucking metal, and so is my wife. And then you hear his wife go, I am his wife. And then he goes, shut up, made of metal. It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Anyway, uh, all right, Ian, that's all I have to say about Dream Evil. All right, well, Dream Evil was released July 21st, 1987. As we mentioned previously, it was the last one to feature Murray on the cover, and the first and only album to have a weird Dio logo. It wasn't the same Dio logo, and I, I didn't like it at all. What did you think of that, Ralph? Oh, yeah, you know, I never noticed that till right now. I have the CD in front of me, yeah. Yeah. But it still spells devil upside down. Right, right, <laughs> but... uh. Yeah, I, I don't know why he changed that, and, and I'm glad he went back on, on future releases to the classic Dio logo. Uh, this album really seemed to kind of get lost in the shuffle, and you might have a little bit more insight because you were much more in the metal community at the time. Uh, do you think it was a backlash uh, from Sacred Heart, or do you think it was just like, a change in the times to where it was all about like Motley Crue and Bon Jovi in 87. It was more about glam metal than it was traditional metal. What do you think? Well, at the time, it wasn't very noticeable that the shift was taking place because Dio was still playing arenas. I mean, he had to bring like, you know, a strong package to fill an arena. I mean, he was still playing arenas on Lock Up the Wolves as well. That's That was the height of the Dio as far as uh, playing arenas. But... At the time, I do remember in 85, a lot of people were not happy with Sacred Heart. A lot of people were very happy about that show, because I remember when I went to L.A. Uh, in 1985, that's when I saw Guns N' Roses and, and a little club and ACDC and Ingve at the L.A. Forum, and Odin. You know, I, I've talked about on previous shows all the killer shows I saw while I was uh, over there in L.A. The Dio Sacred Heart tour came over here while I was over there. And when I came back, everybody was like, oh, you missed the greatest Dio show, The Dragon, it was so badass, you missed it, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was a rough cut, and I, you know, I missed it. But then, Dio came back on the same fucking tour, but it was called the Intermission Tour. And this is the first time was with Vivian Campbell, so I saw the second one with um, 
Craig Goldie and opening act except nothing against rough cut, but I'd rather see except. And yeah. uh, I got to tell you, man, I mean, it was a cool show and everything with the dragon, but it wasn't like as mind blowing as people made it out to be. I felt like the last in line tour was the most mind blowing deal solo show I ever saw because, you know, they had these big snakes. They had the Egypt. They had the whole Egyptian thing. This was before Power Slave. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the last in line came a year before Power Slave. And now Iron Maiden right. pretty much did the whole Egyptian thing. But Dio did it first. Uh, you know, the chains are on. And then he had these big snakes come out. And, I mean, you can see most of it on that special from the Spectrum. Highly recommend that whole video. That's, to me, Dio beautifully shot. That's an amazing, amazing, amazing show. Better than the Sacred Heart one. Uh, the Sacred Heart home video, which... And I just want to warn people out there. They did release the special from the Spectrum on DVD, but they called it We Rock, where it brings two shows. And I, I could be wrong, but I believe the first show is a Holy Diver show, which is phenomenal. Uh, and then the that, that special from the Spectrum, they put it on there, but they omitted the opening track, Stand Up and Shout. And how weird is it that the show starts with don't talk to strangers. I mean, come on. It just starts with don't talk to strangers. It just, I don't know. It sucks. The VHS version is the better way to go. Uh, I'm very pissed off that they edited that on the We Rock DVD. So be warned. I mean, I'd get it anyway if you can't get a hold of Special from the Spectrum because at least you get the rest of the show. An amazing guitar solo from Vivian Campbell who's playing a guitar that lights up and he's in the dark. Anyway, so uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not bashing the Sacred Heart show. It was a good show, but it wasn't as great as people hyped it up to be, and I thought the Blast and Line show was a million times better. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. All righty. Well, then let's go into Pick of the Week, and do you have one, Ralph, or should I go first? Oh, shit. I did have one, but now I got a brain fart, so go. I did have one. Let me see if I remember. Go. You, you pick it. All right. All right, my, my pick of the week is uh, very left turn. It's a Beatles album, and it's one that gets slagged a lot. Uh, and I love it. And it's half soundtrack and half singles that were released. And it's uh, Magical Mystery Tour. And I absolutely love this album. I love like, every single song on here. Magical Mystery Tour, Fool on the Hill, Flying, Blue Jay Way, Your Mother Should Know, I Am the Walrus, Hello, Goodbye. Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, Baby, You're a Rich Man, and All You Need Is Love. I mean, god damn. That's just chock full of fucking Beatles classics. And uh, while the, the, the movie, the TV special wasn't all that great, uh, the album certainly is. And I fucking dig it. If you don't have it, please rush out and get this. You will not be disappointed. It's the Beatles' Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah, I, I love that album. I think that album's awesome. Uh, there is a couple songs I can do without. I thought Flying was kind of... I don't know. And, and what was the George Harrison one? Uh, was that Blue Jay Way? I don't know. The one where he's sitting down in the in the you know the home video. Yeah, which I have on Blu-ray, by the way. I highly recommend that. It was released on Blu-ray. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but that... Magical Mystery Tour was slagged a lot when it came out, you know, it was, uh, it, it was the first quote-unquote Beatle bomb, 
uh, back in the right. day. But uh, Steven Spielberg uh, went on to say that 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 short film was very inspirational to him as a as a film student when he was going to film school. It was a very uh, and I I honestly think it's just whacked out beyond belief. I don't get it myself, but it's the freaking Beatles, man, and whatever they did. I loved, even if it wasn't that great. Um, but I, I did like it, even though. Uh, what's the deal with uh, John with the spaghetti and the shovel? Spaghetti, yeah. <laughs> he had he had a dream about that. He dreamed yeah. that, and then he goes, "Hey, look, I had a dream that I was shoveling spaghetti on a table. So let's film that." <laughs> you know. Anyway, my pick of the week is an album that really, really went under the radar. Not only because. In my opinion, it is the worst album cover ever. But it's from a band that, you know, everybody thinks of their first two albums. And yeah, maybe first three. It's Hanging in the Balance by Metal Church. You ever heard this album, Ian? No, I know of it. I know the cover. <laughs> it's horrendous. But, man, you got to listen. There's a song on there called, uh, I think it's called End of the Age. It is like one of the most epic songs ever written, ever. You know, it's got this really cool acoustic-y intro. It's got this killer vibe. Then it gets really heavy. And it's, you know, lyrics are very, you know, I don't know. They're very heartfelt. They're really good about, you know, the world. There's another song on there called The Conductor that's just balls out metal. Um, I think it's a solid album from start to finish. Uh, if you uh, want to check out that album, uh, listen, don't look, you know, because that album covers just so stupid i think it's the worst album cover ever and i guess the reason i think that is because it's such a good album that the album cover pisses me off i'm sure there's worse album covers but uh but maybe worse album covers to albums that deserve to have stupid album covers this one doesn't i think and it's the last album they did with mike howell mike howell recently rejoined them he's back in the band but uh you know i'm more of a david wayne fan i i did like uh Lutz in disguise anyway so that's my pick of the week Metal Church. How awesome. Well, let's go into Fan of the Week. And uh, Fan of the Week this week is, I hope I'm saying this right, Paulo Sergio Tomas. And, uh, man, very active on the Facebook page. Paulo, we appreciate that. He posts a lot. He comments a lot. And that's what we look for. Man, if you're going to join it, you know, just don't, you know, eh, I, I signed up. Be part of it. Be part of the fucked up family. And, uh, and Paulo, you are definitely doing that, and we appreciate it. So, Paulo Sergio Tomas, you are our fan of the week. Yes. PST, that's what I call him. That's right. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, now I got to plug everything you know I got to plug. And that's our home away from home, thatmetalstation.com, where you can hear us twice a week. Sundays at 12 p.m. Eastern, and... Uh, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Also, we are on the Indie Authority, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Saturday nights. Uh, and you can find us on Podbean as well. Subscribe to us. We are also on iTunes. Please get your ass on iTunes and leave a review. And make sure to check out past episodes. We've got many new fans. Uh, you know, and the new episodes are blowing up. Go check out the history of this show because there are some great fucking episodes. I still don't think we've made a bad episode. Even the ones with Terrence are still tolerable. So check it out. And uh, go on the YouTube page, Rock and Metal Combat, all one word. It's a great. It's another way to experience the show with great visuals. 
in the background. It, they're really fun. Ralph puts a lot of time into them. They are amazing. So check those out. All right. Well, we got some time left. What do you say we play some tunes? Yeah. All right. Here comes that big old cock swinging again. I'm going to 1989 with some L.A. guns. This is never enough. <laughs>
the day when there was only one L.A. Guns, that was never enough off of 1989's Cocked and Loaded. What do we got oh, coming up? Awesome. Um, I have a, a band, uh, a lot of people may know this band. They're called Hellstar uh, with Mike Rivera. A lot of people call him the Mexican Dio. Uh, I, don't, he, I don't think he sounds like Dio, but he is short, so I guess that's why I call him that. Super nice guy. I, I got to play with Hellstar once. Actually, I played with him again. He's, he has a cover band called Sabbath Judas Sabbath, where they play Black Sabbath and uh, Judas Priest covers. Really nice guy, uh, Mike Rivera. And this is uh, off of their album, A Distant Thunder. This is what kicks off the album. This is called The King is Dead. Yeah. 
that was Hellstar with The King is Dead featuring Mike Rivera. Uh, what do you got, Ian? All right, I want to go back to this. is uh, you know, kind of thrash and kind of death metal. This is kind of when both eras came together. Uh, this is off of Massacre's debut album. This is Cryptic Realm.
Riot, that was Massacre, man. I love that shit. Terry Butler on bass who's played with just about everybody. Uh, what you got next, Ralph? Uh, I'm going to play something that we discussed before, and you told me at the time you never heard it. So I don't know if you ever went and dug for it. But if you didn't, it doesn't matter because you're going to hear it now. This is an amazing cover of Children of the Damned by the Iron Maiden song. Yeah. By Sebastian Bach. Oh, yes, I did go back and listen to that. Great pick. Yeah, it's an awesome cover. Here it is.
right, that was uh, Sebastian Bach with uh, Children of the Damned, an amazing killer cover. I I think he did. Uh, okay, Ian, your turn. Oh, man, this is from one of my favorite bands from the new wave of British heavy metal. I'm so excited that I'm going to get to see them twice in two days. And this was kind of their comeback album after they did, you know, like two or three uh, kind of commercial cock rock albums. They went back to just playing, you know, the kind of music that made them who they are. This is Saxon with a title cut of their 1991 album. This is Solid Ball of Rock.
that was Saxon with Solid Ball of Rock, man. I fucking love that shit. God damn, that's some good metal. What you got, Ralph? Well, I saw Saxon open for Triumph. So let's play some Triumph, okay? <laughs> nice. Here's a, a really deep cut that I adore. It's, uh, and again, uh, staying with the, you know, how I talked about on the Twisted Sister episode. And recently, I don't know if it'll be out uh, by the time you hear this DJ segment, but we did a review on Saxon. And uh, they had that song, Never Surrender, how we went into the positivity of music back then that would, you know, it was just music that gave you a positive message. And this is a song from Triumph off their Never Surrender album that's so positive, but it fucking rocks at the same time. Listen to the lyrics and then, and then make your life these lyrics. And you, my friend, are going to have a really kick-ass life. This is called All The Way.
Eagles triumph with All The Way off their killer album, Never Surrender. for next week. Ralph, why don't you tell me what we got in the studio next week? That's right. And unlike you, mine's really going to happen. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Next week, we're going to have porn legend Ron Jeremy. That's Ooh, right. Yeah. And we're, no, we're not going to be talking about music next week. We're going to, me, you, and Ron are going to dive in and review the classic movie by the monkey's head. Ooh. It's not 3D. Right here on the Rock and Metal Compact! 